You're listening to episode 266 of the Mindfulness-Based Weight Loss Podcast with me, Lucia Hawley. Welcome to the Mindfulness-Based Weight Loss Podcast, the show for women like you who have tried restrictive diet after diet and are ready for simple, thoughtful solutions to help you sustainably lose weight for the last time from a place of abundance and peace. If you're looking to end the yo-yo of comfort eating and rigid weight loss protocols, and instead step into living your life mindfully on your terms while losing weight in the process, you're in the right place. Hey, 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 pretty people. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. How the heck are you doing? I am, what? How am I doing? Where am I? Who, who is this? <laughs> you know what's interesting? I'm doing great. I'm having more of a low-key day. Um, really pushed a lot. And not overly pushed, but I did push a lot to get a bunch of packing done. You know, when you can like pack up stuff that you... It's like stuff under the sink and like the clothes that you're not going to be wearing during the summer. I, I have packed a lot of stuff as well as Tim has. So we've packed a lot. Um, prior to moving because I really, as much as possible, I don't want our moving day once we're getting stuff into containers to be stressful, Um, you know, beyond what we won't be able to control. So I pushed a lot the last couple of weeks to be packing. And then it's been kind of nice because don't really have to pack a ton in this moment and um, feeling a little lower ebb just with, you know, monthly cycle. And, and I always used to get kind of down if I would have a a menstrual cycle that was maybe a little more challenging than the last one. And this one, all things considered, if I needed to go do stuff, I could, you know, like they're so much better than they really used to be when I was younger. When I was a teenager, my cycles were really tough and painful and challenging. So, um, you know, kind of the context of my cycle these days, it's like, it's, it could be worse. And, I can really tell, and Tim is aware of this too. He's so he's so cool in that way. I was chatting with him, and you know, as a lot of us do, I can forget that I'm about to get my period. I can know, but I can forget where I'm like, why am I feeling like, you know, the lens in which I'm looking at life, like things feel harder and like yuckier, and like I'm more reactionary, and I'm not really like that. And I feel, you know, like heat rising, and I'm like, what is going on? And then I'm like, oh yeah, my period, duh. But I've actually been having so many cycles where um, there was a tough one maybe back in like January, but otherwise, my cycles have been feeling really nice. Like even PMS has been really kind of nominal at best. Um, And so isn't it so interesting, like this period clearly was a bit harder and what Tim noticed and said, because I was like, you know what, like I'm actually not having a good time, like, and I don't want to be having a bad time, like, you know, whatever. And he was like, yeah, but even though there's so much good stuff going on, he was like, it's still stressful. And he's like, and you know, isn't that part of what a cycle can be representing is that it can be kind of like showing us what our last month has been like. And he's like, you've been under stress. And I was like, Oh, I love you. <laughs> like, it's so true. So I really have taken this last week cause I've been feeling kind of crispy around the edges. Uh, I've taken this last week as much as possible to actually just fully be like, I'm going to watch some TV in the middle of the day. Um, walks have felt great. I've shuffled around workouts and those have felt good for the most part. Um, but like, you know, I kind of, I don't know, 
I don't know. I thought with my last couple of weeks here in Portland, I'd want to see all these people and catch up and do goodbyes. And I was saying on Instagram, I was like, man, I feel like I just kind of want to be in a cave. <laughs> I want to crawl, crawl into the cave, eat some yummy food, chill, go for pretty walks, see nature. Like, you know, that's, again, my walks are for my mental health. Like, they just bring me so much joy. And same with workouts, too. But anyway, coming to you from the couch. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Good mood and just a body that's a little crispy around the edges, a little pokey. Because it's, like, now my actual first true day of the cycle, you know? You know how it, like, kind of goes from emotional to, like, physical? Like, it's, I always think with my cycles, tell me if this resonates it's like a gear shift and some months the gear shift is super smooth it's like oiled it's not rusty it's so smooth you don't even have to think about it, it just happens and then other months is more of like a rusty gear shift and that's what it feels like this month is like i've been starting like the i'm about to do the gear shift about to do the gear shift and then the gear finally shifts and like oh okay the gear is in position but like that Uh, rusty around the edges anyway lots of lots of thoughts la 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 um the reason though that I'm recording this episode on the couch is that you know I as a podcast host I like to listen to podcasts and I ebb and flow with a different podcast that I like um yeah I could list out some of the ones that I like but I don't even know I don't even know if that would be helpful honestly because I think we just come to different podcasts and different times of our life. And so I have just a handful that I listen to week to week where I look forward to the episodes. Um, otherwise, for podcasts, you know, if there's a certain guest on a, on a show or someone that I follow who's being interviewed, like I might go pop into an episode here and there, but I'm not really actually trying to listen to podcasts all that much. I just listen to the few that I love, and that's really fulfilling. Um, but I did listen to a podcast episode from someone who I don't, I, I know she has a podcast and I think it's a fabulous subject, the show that she hosts, but she was kind of opening up about her mental health. And so I listened to a specific episode where she was talking about her mental health and her mental health struggles and, um, you know, kind of diagnoses that she's been thinking about and she's been really feeling like she has to fix and, in no way is this judgment, but I thought it could be a beautiful podcast episode, is it, it was such a beautiful kind of cherry on top hearing this one person who, I don't know her personally, but I think, I think she's a wonderful human, and I think she's doing amazing things in the world, and you have a lot of empathy for her and the, the struggles that she's been through and that she wants to confront and persevere and find her way out of and part of her journey was kind of trying these newer modalities to help her process her past and the things that happened to her in her past and you know again this podcast right like even though I have a background in social work got my master's I was going to go down the path of becoming licensed, being a licensed independent clinical social worker, LICSW, that was what I intended to do. And then I had an opportunity and like kind of do nutrition on the side. And then basically the batteries got put in the other way and surprised me. And that's how life happens. And I had a beautiful opportunity to focus full time on nutrition. And then I was able to take that full time by myself 
and turn it into my own business and just do that. And so I have. And so I put, you know, being at LICSW to the side. So I don't pretend to do therapy on here. And I, I often, not often, but I have had plenty of people reach out to me for nutrition coaching and we chat and I decide, you know, I'm going to refer you maybe more towards therapeutic support. Like this is, you know, beyond my scope of nutrition support, right? Even though we do talk about the emotions on here, I think there is a fine line between therapy, which is where you're really trying to dig into the past and be with the past. You know, that's a very broad way of putting it. Uh, In coaching, we're mainly staying in the present. If something from the past comes up, it's not like you can't mention it, but we're not trying to fix or solve or really do a ton of digging into the past. To me, that gets into therapy territory and I don't pretend to do that. Coaching is in the present and with some like future forward focus, right? Coaching, you have goals and you're moving towards them. However, at the same time, because coaching with food is emotional, it's really normal and natural that any habituated feelings come up or that maybe surprising feelings come up that you've habituated, that you habituate to try to not experience and then you start to experience because you're no longer numbing yourself out with food or you're really realizing like, okay, um, these food habits that I've had that have led me to chronically being overweight or being at a weight that really feels uncomfortable or that changes how I live my life or how I want to be living my life. Once I take away the overeating, I'm left with all these emotions. Like, yeah, we talk about that stuff, but I hope, you know, I want you to come away from this podcast, however you're going to come away from it. But I've had this thought and this feeling, and I'll try to describe it. And this is I've mentioned it definitely on Instagram, and I'll, I, th- I think I mentioned it here too. When it comes to diet culture, to me at this point, diet culture is just our collection of negative thoughts and thinking that we have about ourselves. And there's power to negative thinking, okay? So I don't think anyone should strive to only be in Lala Bunny land. There's harsh realities about life, but, and... A, a really common way of thinking that I've noticed that people come to innocently is that they try to fix themselves in order to create more well-being, more feelings of well-being in their lives. And I suppose what I'm trying to share on this episode is that I really question if that isn't just more negative thinking, that and I do think that that sentiment is kind of expressed when it comes to some kind of self acceptance and some self compassion. But here's the one thing I want to add in, and the reason this is being inspired by that podcast episode I was listening to is that I was listening to it, and this woman is amazing and incredible, and she's you know she's not sharing personal details about kind of what what has been so challenging in her life and she's really just trying to share from an educational standpoint and be really open with our audience which I really respect and partially what I was noticing was that in a way to me what felt clear is that she was coming to trying to and the language she was using around her past and these clearly and I don't know what the things were because she wasn't sharing the things but the things that were 
really difficult for her in the past and that were chronically difficult for her in the past, she was really sharing that she was trying to fix her nervous system's response in the present moment to these memories or these um, kind of physical embodied memories of what was happening in the past. And so there is language around fixing. And this isn't now me saying, oh, let's fix. Like, that's a wrong way to think about things. But it's not that at all. It's, to me, so much more curiosity and compassion for how easily as humans we drop into thinking. And we even drop into thinking and thinking about ways that we can stop thinking, which is you know, if you're looking at nervous system work, if you're looking at the use of maybe different medications or other things that help you um, disassociate from your body. While I love that there are more and more resources available out there to all of us, there can still be this energy, and again, this is my opinion, there can be this energy of trying to fix what went wrong. And while difficult things in our lives and challenging and tragic things in our lives do happen, and it is sad, and there is grief there, and there's, it's troubling, I also have pause because I think we forget a crucial step about how we think in that when we're recollecting our memories and we're thinking about our memories, or we're going back to our memories to try to be with them or deepen them or to, I don't know, reparent ourselves, like whatever the terminology you want to use is, I think we forget that when we are choosing to remember something, the more we try to remember it, the more it's a game of telephone. And the more the memory, like we're not going, because all we have is a present moment, right? Let's be on the same page there what we have is a present moment. So when we think back to the past, we're thinking back to something that is no longer there. And so what do we think back to then? We think back to our last memory of the past. And I think it just can become a slippery slope that we don't have to solve for, but I think it's important to have conversation about or just an awareness of that memory is also thought. And so if we're simply trying to fix our memories and that becomes our habit, isn't that just like trying to fix our thinking? And when we try to fix our thinking, what we're trying to do, because we're silly little humans that have stress responses, and by silly, I say that with love. We're trying to fix our thoughts and fixing is a form of thought. So here we are trying to think about our thoughts. I'll tell you something. We don't move beyond our thoughts by more thinking. It can seem really backwards, especially if we have self-awareness that maybe we, again, like if we talk about food, if we've used food to kind of numb or distract ourselves from feeling a feeling, it can seem really backwards to be like, well, what do you mean? I don't have to now think about or solve for this feeling. I don't have to like dig into it and understand where it came from and why it was there and why it's coming up now and what does that mean about me and how, you know what I mean? Like that is taking our ability to have thoughts and the nature of thought really, really, really seriously. And I'll tell you, I think some of the, 
if I think about a couple of my clients and the insights that can be very life-changing for them, it doesn't come from thinking harder about how to have a really great insight. (laughs) Usually, if anything, it comes from a time or an experience or a place of awareness where all of a sudden they see or they feel, oh, my thoughts are impersonal to me. Now, they might not say it. No one's going to say it in that way. I'm saying it in that way to try to express this because it's hard to have words around thought, by the way. For episodes and up to like probably hundreds of episodes now, I've said like, okay, this is going to get a little bit meta. Like when we think about thoughts and having thoughts about thoughts and then our thoughts about those thoughts. Well, great. Now let's add in how memory is thought and memory can be kind of a game of telephone. And so if we're always just trying to like, fix our thinking and fix our memories or fix our nervous system reactions, that is a lot of thinking. And I'm going to reiterate this. I really don't see, like if you look at the people who are having a lovely life experience, they're not taking their thoughts all that seriously. And I don't think we see a lot of great examples of them because usually they're just hanging out, leading quiet lives. (laughs) I also don't think they're the gurus who are telling you that they're living great lives because I think the people who are truly happy, their egos are well-developed, but they're not really trying to push their opinions and thoughts down anyone's throats because they know that the thoughts are impersonal. They know that the thinking it's just going to come and go. And then maybe the more they allow that and they feel comfortable with that insight, that that gets to be the freedom or the liberation. And I, that's what I was trying to say a minute or two ago about clients is if I'm, I'm thinking about a, a, a certain client right now who, when we started working together, she had a lot of awareness about her thinking. She had a lot of awareness with, you know, diagnoses and labels and kind of being able to categorize how she thinks, why she thinks certain ways, where that came from in her childhood. And in our work together, again, listen, from a nutrition and fitness standpoint, things are pragmatic with what we do. If you're looking to lose weight, you'll be in a gentle calorie deficit. You'll be expected to stick with it. We'll process if if you don't, we'll like talk about it. We won't even process. We'll, you'll just be like, hey, this. And I'll be like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's common that, oh my God, can you guys hear it? There, I've never recorded an episode where there's been literally so much street noise coming from every direction. <laughs> a little bit of a chaotic episode as I'm recording this, but we'll carry on. We will persevere. Anyway, when we've had a lot of thinking and we've been told that we need to think a lot about our thinking, we can be the smartest cookie on the block and come to trying to have a a more peaceful or contented experience of our life, which includes pragmatic things like feeding ourselves well, eating within calorie maintenance or calorie deficit, depending on your goals and strength training, getting your steps in, like it includes all those habits, but we'll try to get to those habits by thinking more because clearly we have a belief and a thought that if we, if we just think about them in the right way, we'll do them. 
<laughs> and I suppose all I'm trying to say here is that some of the most powerful insights for folks don't come from thoughts, they come from insights. And the difference to me between those is the insights are going to come about organically by ourselves, not from what someone will tell us is going to fix us or have us have a better life experience. And even if we're really aware of diagnoses and labels and mental habits that we have, I think that can be a missing piece in the field of mental health is that we forget that we all have mental well-being inside of ourselves and it's not something hard to find. It's naturally always there. We always have a good mood that we can come back to. We might, I'll use myself as an example here, we might have periods where, literally, (laughs) where we don't feel as in balance we might have times but th- use use me as an example here i will and like please you know consider like plug and play with this if you'd like but i know that my period i can have months where i am more tired more easily i have less patience i you know I rarely feel like I'm an angry person, but I can like be like have a little kind of a hotter spirit <laughs> on my period. But I know if I were to try to fight that, that would lead to a more miserable experience and it would it would be in opposition to the fact that that's actually a transient experience for me. On the months where my cycle is a little more difficult, usually because of emotional stress, I actually think my only job is to ride the wave. And that can come with the insight of, oh yeah, my body's experiencing some ebb and flow right now. And oh yeah, I might feel a little bit wobbly in my mental wellness, but that doesn't mean that the mental wellness isn't there. It just means that I'll recalibrate to it. And I'll tell you the experience is so much more comfortable. There's so much more peace within the not so peaceful experience. And I see that reflected in changing our food and nutrition habits, okay? I suppose that's what I'm trying to say here today. I know this was not an episode where I wrote out like a script or bullet points. I just, as I was sitting down after listening to that podcast episode, I was like, this is interesting because it's a lot and it's coming from such an innocent, beautiful place. And sometimes we'll need those additional resources. So hear me when I say we're really speaking in the gray area of here. I believe in people reaching out and using resources. (laughs) We are not crunchy here. We use medications. We use like everything has its place. Everything's been created for a reason. But I do think it can be really fascinating to notice, are we striving for something from the same energy and would we feel like we would need to strive if we simply knew or perhaps if someone did share with us this is what i would like to be sharing with you is that mental wellness is always here it's just innately part of us and i think certain fields and certain ways that we talk about mental health these days we focus on mental dis-ease and then mental disease and we focus on a lack of mental well-being, feeling like we need to fix something that is wrong. And I'm just hard-pressed to believe that that's actually true. And even though I don't practice therapy and I don't pretend to, having gotten my master's in social work, having been connected to many social workers and many psychologists and you know many people who are supporting others and folks and who've been in the field for 
you know, multiple years for decades and for seeing the field and, and having a curiosity in almost having been in that field, but then stepping away from being in that field, I, yeah, I, that sometimes I feel like I can't really speak to it. And so, I don't know, shoot me a message if you'd like me to speak to the subject more, because I will, but I just think there's a, a thought that digging into your past is supposed to be hard and bad and brutal and tough work. And I guess I suppose this feels very vulnerable to say. I don't believe that. I do believe that people go through, many of us go through extremely challenging experiences and they can be acute and they can be chronic and that comes with different baggage. But I don't think that looking at that baggage, trying to unpack that baggage for the rest of your life and then wondering if you've unpacked it well enough, right? Like, I think a lot of that is focusing on the wrong thing. And I think that comes from an inner belief that if we think more about something, we can fix it and solve it. And to me, when you've gone through sad and difficult things, that's the past. It's done. And now here you are in your life today. And you can choose to be in your life. And I know uh, it's hard for me to talk about this because I feel like people will come and attack me and be like, Lucia, how dare you? Or you would, you don't know, or this or that. And you're right, I don't know. I don't know anyone's own, I only know my own personal experience. I can't know or have lived anyone else's experiences. But the insights that create a wonderful life, no matter the most difficult circumstances that we have come from, the insights, I just have never seen them come from focusing on the bad, the bad, the bad, the negative, the negative, negative, fix, 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 solve, 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 strive, strive, strive. And I can speak, you know, I, I share what I share on this podcast. So I'll reference an experience that I had that I've referenced multiple times now. Um, that experience of, you know, really starting to have experienced more and more chronic pain, you know, came on when I was like starting to get into my later teens. And by the time I was 19, it was the entire left side of my body. It really changed the trajectory of what I assumed my life would be. And that was, it, it really dramatically changed my expectation for my life and that was very scary and I felt very alone in that and I didn't quite have the words to process that at that time and so I was really angry and I felt like you know because I so I was 19 experiencing chronic pain and I was beginning becoming and being angry and upset about it and I was angry and upset that other people didn't seem to care or that you know I was going I had I had the privilege of being able to go to the doctors and say, like, what's going on? And everyone was like, you look really healthy. Like, pat you on the back. Like, you're good. Or, like, your tests are coming back good. And I was like, well, that's great, but what is going on? And I'll tell you, I could never have thought my way to that insight on the staircase when I was carrying that basket of laundry. And the insight just hit me. And I don't know why, but it might have been because I was just giving myself a break from thinking. And that insight was, I get to choose my experience of my life. Even as someone who can be experiencing chronic pain right now, if I choose to look at that through a negative lens, I will have a negative life. And if I choose to simply recognize that all that happened was that my expectation of my life changed and that that was uncomfortable and surprising 
to me, that became very simple. That was the insight on the stairs is that if I'd like to have a lovely life, I can. It's my choice. That did not come from me trying to solve the chronic pain. That did not come from the striving of being upset about reflecting about, well, when did the chronic pain start? And why did it start in this one spot? And then it spread to these other spots. And why won't, you know, you know, anyone listen to me? And why is it like all the whys and the thinking that just created the cycle of more thinking. That's that game of telephone. If I like, I, yeah, I'll just leave my example there. I hope that that makes sense. And, and that's, you know, the chronic pain is very real, but now like it's a friend of mine. It's a little calling card. When the chronic pain comes up a bit more, it's kind of like my cycle. Like I was saying earlier in the episode, it's a bit of a calling card that it's like an alarm. And it's not that the alarm is bad. It's not that the, you know, there's um, a wonderful, wonderful person. His name is Dr. Bill Pettit. And he, he talks about, he talks about big emotions or big feelings as these alarm systems. And so I suppose that's a really great imagery to be using here is that if I, if that alarm, if I were mad at it and I were trying to beat, you know, it's like a smoke detector. If you try to, if you try to beat the smoke detector down because it's beeping and you're like, this, this problem is the smoke detector beeping. <laughs> you might be missing that actually someone's just cooking a little dinner and you just need to open the window and air out the house. But you're never going to do that if you think that the alarm and the smoke detector is a problem. I think it's a similar thing with, with our thoughts and our feelings. If we just try to beat up the thought, the thought, the thought, try to whack it off of the ceiling, we might be forgetting that it's just kind of signaling to us something. And that something doesn't have to be a problem to be solved for. And when that might be a beautiful place where we can drop into awareness or drop into an insight. But again, I just hope that that example is helpful and that I, could, I don't think I could have forced that insight on the staircase ever with my thinking. I had to just, it had to just drop into me. And it dropped into me when I wasn't thinking about my pain and I wasn't in that cycle of the negativity. I was like taking a break from it. I was probably because I was just folding some laundry. <laughs> it was probably as simple as that. I was <laughs> just taking a break from my thinking and a beautiful insight came in, dropped into my life and it literally changed my life. And I didn't know, like I felt a really beautiful sense of peace in that moment. And then I kind of forgot the years went by. I forgot that that was maybe an experience that didn't, hasn't happened for other people or that might not happen unless we are open to it. And if we're being told by a culture that is telling us, think, 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 strive, 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 gosh, that opportunity I guess that's my hope with this podcast is that we offer us all the opportunities for the insights to drop in. And one way that we can do that, that I now see and understand is that we can remember that for our mental health and our mental well-being, which is part, you know, weight loss is of course the emotions are part of that. Anything that we do habitually, our emotions are a part of. Let's just remember that the mental well-being is always within all of us. And we turn towards the goodness and there might be beautiful insights that come from that. So, man, this episode, <laughs> thank you for being here with me through this episode. I, I, 
I don't want anyone to ever think like I do this podcast as having some extra bit of information that puts me on a pedestal because I don't. So I hope that these episodes, I don't like to say that they're rambling, but like I just want them to be from one human to another because I think that's really important. And I do think, especially in the online space, there's a lot of gurufication and egos and people trying to say like, well, do this XYZ process, do that XYZ process. No, food and nutrition like the process, that's from a science standpoint, okay? Calories in, calories out, exercise, steps, muscle building, drinking water, getting some sleep, practicing mindfulness to reduce our stress experience. Like, sure, those are the tangibles, but the intangibles, you guys, there's no one-two process. There's no perfect way of being a human. We don't have to solve for our human experience. It's beautiful in the way that it's unfolding, so I'm going to I'm going to stop now. <laughs> but just wanted to thank you for being here on today's episode and I will plan to see you next week. So thank you for being here. As always, shoot me a note, let this let me know how the uh, episode lands for you. And if there's ever a subject you'd like me to cover, you can let me know that as well. I'm always here for those conversations and I will see you on next week's episode. Bye. Hey, if you love today's show, I'd love for you to take a minute and give a rating with a review. If you too are ready for more women to make life choices from loving mindfulness, that means we need more women listening to this message so they know it's available to them and they can do it too. And if you're ready yourself, come coach with me, where we'll work together and you'll learn how to take this process to the next level in your wellness goals, life desires, and beyond. Go to luciahawley.com, that's L-U-C-I-A, H-A-W-L-E-Y dot com to connect.